up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. And if a daily podcast isn't enough, you can go and check out axesandblades.com and follow Axes and Blades on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for even more guitar content. Today, I wanted to talk about my favorite pedal. It's my favorite pedal of all time, without a doubt, without a doubt, and not just favorite as in coveted it for ages more than it. I mean, one that I have easily, easily, easily put the most hours on. In fact, when I was playing gigs in a band um, it, a while ago, quite a while ago now, that makes me feel old, not too long, but when I was playing gigs in a band, I used this pedal at every single gig. And in fact, it was the only pedal that I gigged with ever. It was always this pedal. And in fact, that covers across a number of projects, a number of different little bands, some improv stuff in there as well. I always only use this pedal, used it within a bunch of other live setups, and it was only this one pedal. So what is this one pedal? Well, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because it's my Boss ME50 multi-effects pedal. I know, I know you can't pick up multi-effects pedal this year. As your effects pedal, but it's no boutique pedal, it's no clon, it's no anything like that, it's no super coveted, expensive thing, it's no custom made thing or anything like that. It is as simple as Miami 50, like say cheating a little bit to pick a multi effects pedal to some people. Well, I don't care, this is my list. If if one thing can be a list, which it can't, but definition it can't so i've answered that question but this is my thing it's my podcast that's what it is it's a podcast it's my podcast so therefore i say i could pick a multi-effects pedal because frankly i just if you were to, if you were to ask me what's your favorite pedal it's, it's not in anything that comes close it's not even like ah, this is an interesting way to do it it's just this there's not a, even any competition there's loads of other stuff that i, love. I think i think uh, you know pedals are fantastic there's there's lots of pedals that i love and get huge amounts of time with and i'm sure i'll talk about some and play through some on here and on the youtube channel and stuff like that absolutely uh, i i do enjoy pedals for sure so why is the boss me 50 still blowing the rest of them out of the water and still has to come at the top of my list if there are other pedals i enjoy and ones that i can't play right now that i'd love to play ones that i've never owned that i'd love to own I find pedals inspiring. It's a great thing that you can buy this tool. Changes your sound, has a bunch of new features and possibilities in it. And then that can really inspire music making. It's fantastic. But why is it the Boss ME50? Well, like I say, it obviously holds a special place because it was the only pedal that I gigged with. I felt it was the only one I need. Um, there was for a time as well where it was the only one I recorded with. And there was a whole ambient album as well that I made. It was kind of a soundtrack thing that I did for a friend who was making a short film and I did soundtrack work on it. And that was the only pedal I used on that. And obviously that's very effects heavy um, to be using that. I didn't have a bunch of pedals. That's what I used. I didn't feel like I needed a bunch of it. So I went for that. So why, apart from that, obviously that's a very personal thing to me. Why do, why do I still hold it in such high regard? Well, I think, first of all, so many of us are on a budget. And I know I talk about a lot of boutique guitars on here and stuff like that, but my focus on that is is because, not because I believe that they're better than everything else, not because I believe that, oh, these, these import guitars are rubbish. It's just not true. I love 
that we can get amazing guitars at every price point. And I love playing those guitars. And I especially love them because I myself am on a tight budget, tighter than perhaps I'd like like probably everybody listening to this most likely because most of us guitars are on a tight budget. Not only can we not get all the gear we want, we can't get most of the gear that catches our eye. We have to restrain ourselves and hold our gas in in every metaphorical and literal sense. So that applies to me too. So I love the fact we can get all these cool guitars at amazing price points. The reason I talk about boutique guitars, the reason that is the thing that got me small guitar builders. Um, I find that funny to say small guitar builders. It's a weird phrase. People use it. It's like boutique. I don't really like boutique, but I end up using it anyway. I don't really like saying small builders, but I end up saying it anyway, just because everyone else says both those things. But it always sounds weird to me. This is like the music man thing again. What's the plural of music man? Is it music men? That doesn't sound right at all. But music mans also sounds stupid. But small builders is kind of the same thing. It makes it sound to me like they sort of, I don't know, gnome-like creatures that work on construction sites that for some reason have something to do with guitars or, or people of any size who are building interestingly small instruments. Sounds a bit odd, but small batch builders, I guess, you know, luthiers, whatever you want to call them, you know who I'm talking about, um, you know, small workshop, just a one-man operation, one-woman operation, or perhaps someone with a small team, you know, that's what we're talking about, these boutique, or small builders, whatever you call them. The reason I talk about that, the reason that actually is the thing that got me interested in actually writing articles about guitars and putting out videos and doing this podcast the reason that's the thing that draws me in is because i'm really connected to the stories and i'm fascinated by the skill and passion of those individuals behind it who often have fascinating stories about why they do it and how they got to do it and there is no one path to being uh luthier it's 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 a kind of thing like well they'll they'll study like furniture building or woodwork and then they'll just do it no, it's it's so weird. And, you know, the amount they stake on it and kind of risk on something which is very hard to make a living out of. And I'm fascinated by any craftspeople and just actually any people that take a passion or a, a really interesting skill and forge a living on that just completely on their own. They're not business people. They're not marketing gurus or anything like that. They are craftspeople and then they go and create an entire life based upon that and take the risk and the difficulties of that on and have their passion and their skill being the entire driving force behind creating a livelihood for themselves and often a family as well and then they love music and they're super passionate about music and then they're incredibly knowledgeable about about this so that's why i I like crafts people in general but then of course because i i love guitar and music is one of my things that i you know that I love and come back to all the time in my life and I love playing guitar that has that extra element to it and that makes me super fascinated by what these people do and how it's unique and um, how there's often really interesting, meaningful personal significance in what they're doing as well. And so all of that is is what draws me towards this and what gets me excited and passionate about what these people do. And the more you learn about it, I feel like the, the more value you see in what they do and the more incredible you find what they do. And I find what they do is like magic, you know, to 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 come up with the designs and the ideas they do and um recreate the guitar and 
add to what's out there in a world that's already you know so full of so many guitars but to make something that's so unique but is this amazing playable functional instrument that then inspires someone else's creativity like of course a factory guitar can still do that and that's why we talk about all kinds of guitars on here but there's something special about that kind of individual taking that on and their kind of story that they that they have that like i said is always kind of weird and unique that that's all of that anyway without maybe we can do a whole episode on why the hell i do all this stuff but that's the reason i talk about that not because i think it more expensive is better i don't it's not about that um so i applied the same thing in all of my stuff partly because i've had to because like everyone we're all on a budget we're all on a budget, often quite a tight budget, and especially when we're young and when we start gigging and when we start getting into bands, um, or even just when we start out, you know, just whatever age, it's just you do not have a budget to be buying all this stuff and you're constantly being bombarded with buy this, buy this, buy this. And, you know, man, I love all the guitar content out there and stuff, but so much of it is it's marketing, which they're honest about. It's not tricking you or anything. It's a lot of it's marketing. And it's awesome and done in entertaining ways by great musicians uh, who are very skilled at, at making all sorts of stuff and very creative about it. But, um, you know, it can be hard when you're young and or just starting out at any age or, in fact, at any stage in your guitar playing life and being bombarded with this, but you're on a budget. Um, and so I love stuff that gets you there when you are at any stage in your guitar playing life, when you're on any budget. I love stuff that, that helps you there. We had a whole episode of this podcast talking about recording solutions on literally any budget. And that was the whole thing I went through, the whole kind of same spiel in that episode about how I love anything that makes you able to create what you want to create at any budget. So as much as I love the boutique stuff, um, I also love stuff which is going to enable someone on the strictest of budget willing to invest as little as possible in this or just unable to invest any more in this to be able to do it just like i love charities and initiatives which enable people who don't have the means to get hold of musical instruments to play musical instruments and learn them it's amazing it's the best thing so i was on a very tight budget and the boss me 50 was a good option i think if you're just starting out regardless of budget i think the boss me 50 is a good option and i think the boss me 50 has remained a good option for me even though i could have over time built up a collection of pedals and built some big pedal board and i so many guitars i love that have massive insane pedal boards i love seeing that something so like fun it's like childish almost about it just like or at least childlike to be more positive about it i've seen like someone with all the coolest toys and making crazy sounds with it and stuff um i always love seeing that and it would be cool to build that one day hey wouldn't it but the reason i've still stuck with me 50 the reason i still use it all the time even though i could have perhaps started to try and get at least a small set of pedals together again budget friendly to, to to a good extent for sure but still could have done it um why i'm drawn back to using this again and again and why sometimes i turn to it, it instead of looking to other pedals or looking to some software or some other options that are even available why do i turn back to it again and again um and why would i still recommend it to someone just starting out even if they have a bigger budget because some people start out uh with with bigger budgets than other people of course the reason i still recommend it is because it is so accessible and you do not get stuck with any option paralysis it's extremely easy to navigate because it's not on a screen that 
I find a thousand times easier. I think that might be different for like really digital native younger people. I genuinely do. I think it's different. I think your brain develops differently when you have a different environment, not a controversial thing to say, but um, to some extent. Um, But I think that if you're growing up with everything on screens and fucking between screens and options on screens from the earliest possible memories you have, then it might well be different for you to feel like things are easy to navigate on a screen. I find that things are a bit more open and easy to navigate when they're off it and everything is just right in front of you laid out on the ME50. It's just laid out right in front of you. There's not really hidden menus and hidden stuff you can do underneath uh, what's written in, in kind of clear as day writing on the top of the pedal. Uh, once you get used to using it, it's all super clear. But as well as you not getting stuck because of the kind of difficulties of that i feel like and i feel like it still has an enormous number of sound options in fact i don't i said that kind of too edging my bets a little bit like oh i feel like that i would go on and say it 100 definitely does have an enormous number of sound options which is why i keep coming back to it i don't just find it's useful to get sounds again and again and again i find that every time i plug into it and start playing around with it i get inspired by something new in it as if it is some kind of massive pedal board and it's a single pedal that's pretty pretty expensive so that's amazing um so it has an amazing number of sound options but i would still say it's this perfect kind of goldilocks area where it has a ton of sound options but it doesn't have so many that you get option paralysis and again for me it not being flicking through screens and menus helps that then i then it slows down the process and i get a little stuck in the kind of treacle it kind of gets stuck in a bit quick sound i feel like when you get slowed down by kind of menus and back and forth and oh do i want this do i want that it's all right there it's all super easy to adjust on the fly it's all clear as day what everything does even when you're just starting out and it's a great way to get to know what you might want before just buying a bunch of pedals and a pedal board you know let's say you even do have the budget but you haven't bought any pedals before this is a great way to learn what you like it's a great way to learn what everything is what kind of reverb do i like well there's a bunch of different kinds of what kind of delay do i like what are the different things you can do with delay what is it that i'm hearing on this record what what effect is that let me go through the options here and oh okay that must be what phaser is i i, I like that okay let's play around with phaser whatever it is this is how i learn effects but the thing is that the sound quality in my personal opinion of what's in this pedal the me50 and by the way we'll just say now as well there is also the kind of big brother of the me50 the me80 i would throw that in with this as well if you want more options i find the me50 is kind of perfect but more options more um flexibility and everything like that the me80 still has a lot of the clarity uh incredible build quality this thing has lasted me through like so many gigs where it's been kicked around and stomped about thrown over here and dropped and all this stuff and it still works it's never even crackled or had a second of any problems it's works 100 me 80 has all the build quality and cool vers- and uh, cool versatility and all that but just has even more sounds um and it has the clarity of layout but it does have even more stuff so i find the me 50 perfect but a lot of what i'm saying holds for the me 80 as well for sure um so i think that if you're just wanting to learn stuff this is a great way to do it. but the great thing is sometimes we have things that feel a bit disposable it's like you you know like let's say you buy when the especially back in the day i mean beginner guitars are so good now but when we a lot of us got our first guitars you know it was like uh, we don't know if we're going to carry on with this so we buy a super cheap guitar and sometimes it can feel a bit disposable because 
you know, it's it's hard to play and it's got a bunch of problems. And, you know, as soon as you realize you're going to keep up with this or, or you start to learn that you really want to keep playing guitar, but you want something a bit better because you see what's out there, you just want to upgrade it and move on from that guitar. That can be the same with, uh, you know, other things where you might want to learn what sounds you like. Some practice amp, like a digital modeling amp, bunch of sounds built in to help learn what, to help learn what you want to learn. And some digital modeling apps are great. Um, but without commenting on any of those, I can tell you that for me, the ME50, again, I keep coming back to it now. I still use it. So it's not just something which you could buy to start to get to grips with pedals. Again, at any stage of your guitar career, you could be playing for 50 years, but just not really be into pedals and then go, oh, you know, I want to expand my sounds a little bit. Without going into buying a whole pedal board and researching all these different pedals and kind of getting a bit of option paralysis, even from the consumer side of things, like, oh, I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to put together. The ME50 doesn't just help you at that stage. It's something that you can then stick with forever. I still have mine. I still use it and everything. I still record with it. I still play with it. Um, when I go and jam, um, I played a ton of gigs with it. I never felt the need to buy a bunch of other stuff because I had it. Even long after I was out at the stage of learning what I liked and didn't like, still there. And it also, like I said, still inspired me to write things. I still come up with new sounds on it. I still find new things on it. And uh, sometimes even going, you know, like, well, especially even sometimes going to like crazy, whacked out, ambient or experimental stuff when I've been jamming with some musicians like that or recording some of my own stuff like that. It's done everything. I haven't needed anything else. It's done everything I've needed it to. Of course, you buy a bunch more pedals, you can open up more options, of course, more pedals, you can do more. But for me, um, I don't really like to be surrounded by a ton of new options. I like to get to grips really with what I have before I expand it. Um, and of course, I'm always wanting to expand and try out new things. But there's a certain extent to which the ME50 still just has me covered. Now, the crazy thing is that whilst I'm just some random idiot on the internet, I have come across... Players, um, like touring musicians, gigging musicians, session musicians, uh, guys in events bands, guys in um, professional bands, guys who, like I say, are either live session musicians or whatever, who use the ME50. You know, I'm not going to turn around and tell you that it's like the some of the biggest musicians in the world. They tell you they use XFX, but secretly, it's a boss ME50. I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that because um, that just would be a lie. But it's cool to see really amazing musicians, way better than myself, paying the gig, playing a ton of gigs, playing a ton of stuff, being, you know, often like gear knowledgeable guys going for the ME50 and saying similar things, you know. And, and um, I've talked to people who are fantastic musicians who play with like a multi-effects, like a boss multi-effects unit who just say they know what they're getting with it. The sounds are really good tones are really good in terms of programming and setting up for a live gig it's the easiest thing in the world it's incredibly reliable it's immediately replaceable to get the exact same sounds because there are a bunch of these things uh, out there um it can recreate the sounds you use you're familiar with from boss pedals from your own playing and from hearing a bunch of other incredible players and then in that case actually world famous players who play boss pedals because they've got the really close recreations of them built into this thing and it means there's less gear to carry around and it means i'm not having to worry about a bunch of things in a gig it slims everything down and i can focus on my playing and whilst you can see how that's obviously very important for someone in that position a touring musician a gigging musician a session musician 
That's actually really important for all of us at times. Experimenting with gear, buying new gear, exploring cool stuff is awesome to a lot of us, um, for sure. But regardless of how you feel about gear, whether you couldn't give a toss about it or whether you love it, whether you collect pedals or whatever it is, it's actually really important, at least some of the time, to slim stuff down and just make sure that there's fewer variables so that you can concentrate on your playing, so that you can worry less about those elements. Of course, for a gigging musician, that's a very practical thing, but it's also a very good thing, I think, even if you're just practicing at home or whether you're just jamming with friends, to strip things down a little bit, get out of the gear, but still have something that's incredibly reliable, that delivers tonally, delivers in terms of durability, and that you're really familiar with. And this is very easy to get to grips with, very easy to get familiar with, and that's why it makes it so much fun to play because I don't really want to be spending a ton of time fiddling if if the purpose of me sitting down is to try out something new you know i bought a new pedal i want to try all the features see what's there explore if that's the purpose is to learn about this thing then that's awesome but when it's not when that's not the purpose when i just want to get my tone of play when i just want to get inspired when i just want to write something when i just want to record something i want that time to be minimal to be honest and a lot of the time that's how i actually feel i actually want a lot of that stripped away i really want to be maximizing playing writing time and everything else stripped away the bars me 50 does that without compromising really on tone because or on options because it covers all of them um so that's why it's still my favorite pedal and it's not just a nostalgia thing to back in the day i did say very honestly that that is a part of it and there's memories kind of attached to it for me but it's to a huge extent still just actually about what i use right now tons of amazing pedals i love pedals all the time that i see that i go man i want that man that looks cool oh that's so cool but um you know on a budget like lots of people obviously that's 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 you know just stuff which you kind of have to just ignore just go that looks cool i'm never gonna have that but even if there was unlimited budget, the familiarity that was very easy to build with the ME50, the accessibility of it, the quality of the tones and durability, and the functionality of it, the perfect kind of Goldilocks zone of having a ton of options, but not having too many so you don't get option paralysis, how quick it is to access everything and change everything on the fly. Um it's just really become something that I just feel so comfortable with, but even just immediately felt very comfortable with and was found so easy to use that I found at every stage of my playing from, yeah, I don't want a whole bunch of pedals. I don't care about gear, which was how I always was. I didn't care about it. I just wanted to play. And at that stage, being completely ignorant slash being completely disinterested, it was an amazing product. And now being kind of more curious and interested in a bunch of stuff, Still from the playing focused angle, but that kind of encompassing gear to, to at least some extent. Um, massively love it at that stage as well. And at every stage along with my playing and as I've changed and changed my perspective, it's just been a constant that I turn to again and again. And I think the most important thing that I keep coming back to is this still inspires me. I still get new sounds out of it and I still get new ideas returning to the sounds out of it. Um, yeah, I don't really feel the, I think a lot of, you know, if you want to go to practical thing as well, I think it saved me a lot of money because I think I have not felt the need to buy a bunch of pedals because I have the ME50. So I just feel like, yeah, I don't need it. You know, I'm sure there's more stuff that that other pedal could do, but 
I just don't really need it. I feel like I'm covering so many bases here and I'm already so satisfied. So, and again, because I've got sticking with me 50, spending way more time writing, playing, getting inspired, recording than I am twiddling with knobs and researching things and this and that and the other, which like I say, there's an element of that, which is cool, but it's definitely not how I want to prioritize. Definitely not how I want to spend my time. Definitely not the thing I want to prioritize. So my favorite pedal, I genuinely recommend to anyone is the Boss ME50. I know I already mentioned the musicians who play it, but I definitely think even beyond that, I am seeing a sign that I am not the only one who thinks the ME50, and it also, like I said, this still also applies to the ME80, is amazing and is worthwhile and is a valuable thing because I looked online and I was thinking, oh, I could tell people. And the great thing is you could go pick up a really good deal on an ME50. But I looked up online and I don't think they've even dropped that much in value. You see these ones that are all scuffed and beaten up. Again, they're crazy durable. Mine scuffed and beaten up and never, ever had the slightest problem. So they are incredible, but still, that would decrease the value generally, right? So you see ones that are scuffed and beaten up and clearly have been gigged with. Still selling for not that far off what I bought my new. Not that far off what I bought my new. Um, like it's not, I was really thinking maybe you can buy one for under a hundred bucks and stuff. Nope, not, you know, occasionally they'll appear, uh, but generally no, they hold some of their value more. And I think it's because like I said, musicians, there are musicians out there much better than myself, much more active than myself, uh, professional level who dig this thing that you'll occasionally hear mentioned and you'll occasionally see on stages, um, sounding great. And, and having all the benefits I've talked about. So I, I think it's there for players as well because on the used market, they it's not, I'm not going to say like they completely hold their value, they go up in value, but they are, man, they are not. Um, I know boss stuff in general is well regarded and stuff like that and, and, and can retain value in that way. But um, I really thought it was a multi-effects thing. Um, that wouldn't really be the case for this because multi-effects stuff does not. Usually that can become quite bargain bucket over time, especially as we've, this is quite an old product now and we've developed our like digital modeling and amp modeling and pedal mo- pedal mo- modeling and, and and having you know uh multi-effects pedals or systems that or just the amps themselves that have at least as many things built in as the ME50 does if not way more we've developed that so much in the last 15 years right that you kind of feel these things would lose a lot of value and a lot of multi-effects pedals do. This one, uh, I still see the ME50 and the ME80, even when they're all scuffed up and banged up and have clearly been gigged, holding value. So that's a cool thing. And I'd, like I say, the boss name is a part of that, but I, I think it's also because I'm not the only one sitting here going, yeah, you know what? That is all you need. So that's a cool thing. Uh, I love lots of pedals. Pedals are cool, like I said, it's still a little dream of mine. I have some insane, enormous pedal board, like some kind of post-rock guy or ambient guy or something. That would be super sick, but uh, it's not happening, certainly not anytime soon, and uh, I am just so happy with the ME50 still. So there you go. You can do you can do so much with so little, and just to maybe a nice little message that whilst we are bombarded with the you need to buy this you need to buy this sometimes it certainly feel like that in the guitar world um sometimes your pedal that you've had for absolutely years and years and years that you just only use ever used and you use when you care at us about gear and it was still perfect then and it's still perfect now and even now when you're looking at all these pedals all these cool things a simple little do it all piece of gear 
can just keep you so happy because it keeps you playing. Stops you thinking about all this other stuff, stops you uh, focusing elsewhere on this and keeps you focused on playing and being inspired and jamming, playing gigs, recording, doing what it is you want to do. So I love the ME50 for all of that. I've blabbed on about it like just about as long as I've blabbed about anything on here. And it's like <laughs> this G-Bolt EFX pedal, but that's how much I love it and how much I still massively respect it. So if you can take anything away from that, if that helps quell the gas a little bit, if that helps detract from all this marketing, if that helps you feel comfortable um, with what you have and feel satisfied with it, then that's a cool thing. Just to finish off today, real quick, the music suggestion, because it's all got to come back to making music. Like I said with the ME50, that's the best thing about it. It keeps you focused on making music. Well, it all comes back to making music, but also listening to great music and getting inspired by cool musicians. So we always suggest some guitar music to finish off with, uh, whether it's a track or an album or an EP or a performance. And in this case, it's a performance. And we are all missing live music right now to some extent, I'm sure. So we're getting some awesome live stream music and awesome live stream music with some of the cool guitars I talk about here on the channel. That's even better. If you go on Facebook and you go to the Nick Huber Guitars Facebook page, you will see they have posted a live stream. It's still on if you to watch um, to go back and watch the replay of it of Adam Miller playing. Uh, great stuff, really cool performance. I've suggested Adam Miller's music on here before. He plays in the Kuba guitar. Um, a really beautiful Reap Bergen one. And he makes it sound fantastic because he's a killer player, man. It's just so good. Um, I've suggested his music on it before. And uh, it's great, great recordings. You can go check out his band camp. But it's also really cool, like I say, with us missing live music to see a live performance, especially from a killer guitarist. So Go and check that out, and it means you also get to hear how these Nick Huber guitars I'm always blabbing on about sound. So that's really cool too. So go check that out. Like I said, it's on the Nick Huber Facebook page. You'll see it. It's on there. It is the stream of the Adam Miller live performance. Really, really good stuff. Um, nice little like, kind of half an hour long set, roughly. Excellent playing, excellent tones. Really good stuff. So anyway, I will leave it there for today. Go and play a bunch of guitar. Go and dig out your old childhood pedals and enjoy them. Um, go and have a good time. Look after yourselves. Look after one another. And as always, I will catch you tomorrow.